So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com. Oh, Maggie. No sense in dragging on past our needs. Let's go keep it I don't actually know that song. If the fire's out, we should both be gone. Oh, it's from this band called Champagne. The name of the song is How About Us. Some people are made for each other. Some people can love one another. How about go fuck yourself and all this shit in this goddamn room? I know. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, lords and ladies, kings, queens, birds, dogs, cats, planes, trains, and automobiles. Welcome to the queen and the murderous new king, allegedly. We haven't caught up on the crown. We have not. We watched like one episode and then never finished. We're behind in our watching. Same with Handmaid's Tale. I'm not going to lie. Handmaid's Tale is a completely separate issue. The crown... You think I, I took a little hiatus? Mm-hmm. I got some haggis. Yep. For those of you that have not tried haggis, don't worry about it. You're not missing much. You didn't try it yet either, did you? Of course I did, darling. Oh, good for you. I made the haggis and the bird ate it. Okay. That's As... actually exactly how I like my haggis in bird's bowels. <laughs> much like most things in this house. <laughs> This episode is sponsored, as is all episodes, by Realtor and a Baby, for all your real estate needs. You're so good, Maggie. I know. I've been listening to you for the past year and a half now. We're at about a year and a half. It's amazing. And our yep. glorious boob studio sponsor is Marlane Graphics, MarlaneGraphics.com, for all of your printing needs. This is going to be a short one. Daddy has two pheasant pot pies in the oven. And we are, I don't even know, the countdown. Probably like 33 minutes at this point. Has begun. So we're at 11 minutes. The pies take 40. What's that? Your math science. 29. Just Start talking. Bank robbing junkie. We hope you all had a glorious Thanksgiving. This, by the way, is season two, episode 37 of the world famous chart topping gluten free so i married an alcoholic podcast i'm chris i'm an alcoholic and i'm megan and i'm an alcoholic since we are just needing to get right into the swing of things one clean up this fucking studio two hope you had a great thanksgiving maggie i did glorious did you sure okay brother rick came down he did brother rick spent i don't know the entire time sleeping at various people's houses he also did. And I don't mean sleeping with, like, loose women. Nope, just naps. Oh, Aaron. Mm, you still thinking about her? Loose women. Mm-hmm. Mm, I bet you Aaron likes pheasant pot pie. Yeah, it's good someone does. And a side of cock. Okay. How do you help those that don't want help, Megan? That's not related to, you know, Rick or... Well, I mean, Aaron, because... You know, I'm very concerned with Aaron these days. <laughs> Apparently, the past three episodes, it's all you can talk about. Mm, God, I miss her. Mm-hmm. 
How do you help those that don't want to be helped? And we could keep it in the, the drug addict, alcoholic realm, right? And, and here's the reason why I ask this. I am sitting in the glorious boob studio. I'm thinking about we just knocked out Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This doesn't necessarily happen in your family. It didn't really happen in my family when I was a complete train wreck. But there are, you know, there's definitely the looks you get. There's definitely the conversations behind the back like, oh, so-and-so's a mess, blah, 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 blah. So, I, I, I don't know, I guess in approaching them or having that conversation, it, how does that work? I think, honestly, I've been thinking about this actually recently. It's almost like you read my mind. Mm. I think when it comes to helping I know what Aaron's people, thinking. I'm, I'm a helper of people, right? Like, by trade, I'm a nurse. Like, I help people. And I always say there's something a little bit wrong with you if you chose to become a nurse. Sure. Because you wanted to please people so badly, you were re- willing to literally wipe their assholes. That's an interesting mm-hmm. choice. I think it definitely speaks to your, uh, I don't know, self. Esteem? Yeah, maybe. Sure. But anyway. um, I. What if you just want to play around in people's assholes? Like, I, I don't care to help people, so to speak, but I'll plow an asshole. That definitely speaks to you as a person. Sure. Okay. Anyway, I think when I first got sober, or I always was a helper of people. Before I got sober, I was all about helping others because then I didn't have to help myself. It was a very good distraction. Oh. Yeah, you like that? So when you decided to become a nurse, was that something that I was already going through your head at that point? I don't know. Funny enough, when I said I was going to be a nurse, I think I was early in high school. I knew for a long time I was going to be a nurse. My mom, who was a nurse, was like, don't do it. Why? I don't, she wanted me to go into business. She thought I'd be great at sales, like I could be successful. She was like, don't, don't be a nurse. Like, it's funny. She was a nurse and she like almost talked down on being a nurse. Hmm. So then she was like, all right, fine, be a nurse, but you have to at least go get your master's. Okay. And I was like, that's fair. And then she actually said to me at some point, I hope you're not becoming a nurse because of like the stuff we went through when you were a teenager. Like- like the typical I, mom yeah. daughter stuff. Like to make it up to me, because it won't. I, I, not that it won't, like, you know, you're already forgiven. You don't have to be a nurse for that. Like, she was funny. I guess being a nurse, she wanted more for me, if that makes sense. Sure. Now, I feel differently because I love being a nurse and a nurse practitioner. I'm like crossing my fingers every day when Frankie's, you know, playing with the stethoscope that she's going to go down the medical path. What do you think or what did, again, this is the boob studio. It's it's a place to be open and honest. What did Mimi say to you when you said we were going to get married? Did she talk you off the ledge there? She was like, don't do it. Just be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, mean, I would have. I She actually didn't say much. My mom's not one that like excites easily. So like she wasn't that excited first round or second. I don't blame her. I was kind of waiting for more of a reaction. I think there was probably more of a reaction when we got engaged. Like, Jesus Christ, she's really gone off the deep end now. This is an incredibly poor life decision. When did you meet him? Does he have a place to live? What is the situation? How thick is his record? (laughs) No. But anyway, so I've always been a helper of people. Like I said, before I got sober, it was really to take the attention off of me. Didn't have to work on myself if I was very busy helping others. Mm. And then I think when I first got sober, and I mean for years after getting sober, I was always in that do anything to help someone. 
You know what I mean? They don't really, I mean, they want to be helped, but you know, they're still using, they're still doing this. They're, you know, making all these bad decisions and, oh, but I understand. I know what you're going through. Like very compassionate. Does that sure. make sense? Um, I think since actually probably working at the rehab helped a little bit. In what regard? I learned that the best way to help them is to keep a strong line. Oh. You know, to set boundaries and to be firm with them, to be consistent. Mm. Does that make sense? Like, so, no, you, yes. you know, no, you can't do it this time and you can't do it next time. Nope. Five minutes from now, still can't. You know what I mean? Because... You know, I, I used to say to them when they miss medline and then come knocking on the door. Oh, but I forgot. I forgot. I used to say to them, this is part of your treatment. You've never really been good at following the rules of society. Here mm. they are. They're posted on the door. Are you they? missed it. Yeah. That's you can come again at lunchtime. Rules. You know what I mean? Like just interesting, like things like that. It's just as much part of the treatment. I think now that I am farther out, I am still a helper and I am willing to help anyone mm. as long as they want it. So that's actually a great question. Is it worth having the conversation? And this goes with, I guess, drugs, alcohol, mental illness, gambling, any sort of addiction. Is it even worth having that conversation if you know that that other person is nowhere near the gates of I'm ready. So I think it's okay to have the conversation, but the conversation being, hey, when you're ready, I'm here. I'm here to help you walk through the steps. I'm here to help you get into a facility. I'm here to help you do whatever needs to be done. Mm. But it's going to be not on my terms. That's not how I want to say it. It's going to be done. Like, I'm not going to listen to your bullshit. Does that make sense? Well, I mean, it does to me, yeah. But what about all the parents that listen to this and siblings and aunts and uncles and blah, blah, blah that are like, you know, so-and-so needs help, but I don't know what to do. Does it start with a conversation? Does it start with ultimatums? I don't know if it starts with ultimatums per se. I can say that for me, that's an absolute no. You give me an ultimatum, I'm going to double down and tell you to go fuck yourself but who's that on that's on me yeah exactly but that's what i'm saying that's you know from that from the outside looking in i am never an ultimatums guy but i think a lot of people because they get so frustrated by the time that conversation happens it's like all right listen you're either getting help or you're out or i'm leaving you or i'm taking the kids and Going to be homeless at my parents' beach house. Do you think that's bad? So it's a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. So no, because at some point you have to quote-unquote cut them off somehow. They need to feel some sort of consequence from their actions. Absolutely. But uh, who does that really hurt? Does it hurt the person you're, you're throwing the ultimatum on? Because in me, I mean, nine out of ten times they're going to be like, all right, well. That sucks, but I'm going to go get high. I'm going to go get drunk. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go continue to do what I want to do. Like, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, and I can't speak as a parent. I mean, I am a parent, and I think about this. You know, I run the scenarios in my mind, and I know that I would want to believe my child. You know, almost 
be an As easy should. victim for their manipulation because we all know this disease is manipulative, right? See, that's a no-go. But I also know that's not the right decision, having gone through it and being on the other side. Right. I was thinking about this recently. You know, our priority right now or forever, because we've made this decision to live this life and have this family, is my priority is me, Chris, and our kids. Everything else in the world is ancillary. Is it, though? It is. You don't think so? I think to a certain extent, yes. It doesn't I think mean my I... sobriety comes first and yeah. my family comes second. And then making sure, and this is kind of all wrapped into, I guess, the second part of that, making sure... We have money in the bank to keep a roof over our head. Yeah, but that's for our family. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, no. So, I mean, other people, other, like, outside influences, things like that. Does that include hunting? Yeah, that's, like, way down on the list. See, I I consider that to be wrapped up in number two. Well, I think what I'm saying is, like, our number one priority is us. We protect us. Mm. And then from there, we can help others. Does that make sense? It sure does. Not in a way that it would in any means jeopardize us all right so let's bring that back to the parent of you know little stephanie that's struggling i don't like stephanie what about the parent of erin okay honey that is struggling how do you have that conversation i mean i think you're honest with people i think you tell them you know what's going on you know Mm. you know they need help you are willing to help them get help is it a question or is it a statement? And does that make a difference? Like, do you mean do you accuse them? I mean, I guess it depends what kind of quote unquote evidence you have. But I mean, I think if it's to the point of needing help, it's pretty dang obvious to everyone out there. Well, yeah. I mean, I think by the time you, know, you look like you need help, we should you go to are rehab. Like, people normally know by then. Too far gone. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's an interesting question. I think, again, especially because of the time of the year, I think that a lot of people are around certain members of their family that they may not see throughout the year. And I think that, you know, again, speaking for me, not that the holidays were a trigger, but I think I tended to act up a little bit more on the holidays. Yeah, I'm sure you felt some sort of way about yourself. Absolutely. And the place you were in. Why? Of course. And I get that. I think that's what I was thinking about recently is I am willing to go to any means, any length to help you, but I won't participate in the bullshit. I won't sit in your pity party. I won't listen to excuse after excuse. I will nod my head and move on. I'm not going to kind of feed into that. Does that make sense? Anal. No. So not any length. You're right. You're selfish. Everyone's got a limit. You're selfish. I'm just saying. So So I I could say as as somebody that lived in that pity party for more time than than I needed to, I don't do the pity parties. Right. I don't do the poor me. I don't do the, oh, well, this happened and that happened. You know what? We all have shit. We all have a story. We all have our crosses to bear. How do we come up with a solution and move the fuck on? Exactly. And I think that's what I'm saying when you can't help people that don't want to help themselves. Like you have to want to help yourself. I can lead you to water. I cannot make you drink it. Is there a way to get somebody to that particular place? 
I think just like, you know, at least for me, I had to hit my own rock bottom before I got to that place. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you necessarily have to hit a quote unquote rock bottom, but I kind of do. I just don't think everyone's looks as ugly as everyone else's. No, everybody's rock bottom is different. And, you know, there's always I, I can tell you that for every rock bottom I had, there was something that I did that opened up a trap door to a new rock bottom. I mean, I've said this multiple times. Society would say that I have a high rock bottom. I can tell you emotionally, it was fucking low. Well, I think that's two very different things, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. That's what I'm saying. So I, I don't... Nobody's going to bed with, you know, your thoughts at night except you. Yeah, so I don't and think you... And the various, you know, yeah. men you were sleeping with so while I you don't, were married. I don't think you need to go to jail to hit rock bottom. No. But I think, yes, do I think you need to get to that emotional place... Where you feel like, I can't go on anymore. I can't live like this. Mm. To really kind of start to get out of that pity party. To start to get to a place where you can actually accept help. Because until you can see past yourself. Your shit. You can't even get any help. You know what I mean? Is there such thing as too much love, too much support? And that's a pretty vague question. Because I think that that can go in any number of directions. Because it's almost like, is there such thing as too much enabling? Yeah, I don't know. It's hard because, you know, as a parent, and you know now being a parent, I don't know. I can't speak to it. I'd love to have a parent on here. I mean, we had Papa Dick, which was wonderful. But, you know, another parent on here to talk about what that is like. Because I do get that. I would go to any length to save my child. But what does that look like? Do you think Mimi would come on? I don't know. Probably not. Hmm. I'm just saying. I, it's funny. When I was driving home, one of the things I was thinking we can talk about in, in this kind of is almost what you brought up was someone was posting on one of these sites, you know, oh, my God, my son was taken to prison because he had an outstanding warrant. And they don't know his opiate withdrawals, you know, because it's all fentanyl now are so bad. Like he needs to be hospitalized. And everyone's like, call there to demand to speak to his counselor and keep calling, keep calling, keep calling. And someone was like, well, maybe this one will, maybe this detox will be enough to get him. How about get fucked? In my mind, I always answer these things in my head, but not really on paper. Sure. I was like, you actually can't die from opiate detox. No, but you'll feel like it. You will absolutely feel like it. These people shouldn't be made to suffer. I, one would beg to differ. Maybe they've made themselves suffer. You know, like I just, you know, it's funny watching this and I was like, I, you know, I don't know if my kid was arrested and they were in the throes of addiction and they were going to have to go through some shitty detox, I would know that they were safe tonight and maybe I'd be okay with that. That's hard. I would like to think that I would be my typical asshole hold a hard line if, if this eventually ended up happening to one of our kids, but... I mean, yeah, like you said, to speak to that, there is something to be said about they're not running the streets tonight. They're not committing a crime. They're not getting in deeper trouble. Yeah, there's some sort of solace in that. But at the same time, it's in the back of my mind. I'm like, God, I hope they come up with a a better, quicker, easier solution to opiate withdrawal. Yeah, it is fucking painful. Yeah, but man, we all got to feel some pain. Well, that's it. I, you can only you can only ride that high wave so long before it crashes. 
What a great metaphor, Meg. I think sometimes we can remember or they have a bigger impact on us. Horrible, painful memories, except for labor and delivery, because you like forget about that the moment they hand you the baby. But like you've never labored or delivered a baby. <laughs> I labored with Mac for 23 hours. You lazy without pain fuck. Meds. You like literally got them cut out. I got a new asshole with Frankie. You're a lazy drug addict. I'm just saying. Um, but, you know, I think we can remember. I always say that, like, I can romanticize my drinking. It wasn't that bad. I do remember how fucking terrible it was to be in early sobriety. And some days that's what keeps me sober. Yeah, I, I can look back on five years ago and be like, well, you know, there were some really tough times, but I had a shit ton of fun. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that bad. I mean, I'm sure this time would be different. And never during that sentence did I think about, I mean, I thought about Aaron, of course, but I never really thought about how painful it was to be broke and to have no solutions and to be hurting so fucking bad. Yeah. I think that when it comes to helping your loved ones, and I don't know, because again, I'm not a parent of an addict or alcoholic. Yeah, maybe. You know what I mean? Um, uh, no, there's one cooking upstairs. And I could see it. I mean, I could see myself spending hundreds of thousands of dollars in rehabs and flying them wherever and bringing meals down to them and giving them money, even though I know I shouldn't. And all these things, because all you want is for them to be better. But I know today, I think the most important thing is an open line of communication. Mm. Be honest with them. Be honest about what the ugly looks like, you know, try to prevent it before it gets there. Is that is that really effective? Because I think we've all gone through the D.A.R.E. program. I think the D.A.R.E. program is much different than telling our kids what it's like to detox from an opiate. Okay. Or telling them how low alcohol brought me. Or, you know, I, I, yes, I want to shield them from those things, but I want to be honest with them. I mean, I say it all the time now to Mac. I, Frankie doesn't understand yet, but... I tell them all the time, you know, you are at risk of becoming an alcoholic. Is that almost TMI? No, I, I think it's okay to be open about our sobriety. I don't tell them about, it's funny, I don't know why it came up today. Interesting. At breakfast, did you hear that? No. Max, like, were you ever arrested as a kid, mom? Oh. And I was like, yeah. Now he clarified as a kid, so I was like, good, we don't have to get into the whole DUI thing and all that kind of stuff. I was like, I was. I was arrested in college for underage drinking. He's like, did you have to do time in jail? I was like, I did not. That's I like do a community fucking, service and you know what I mean? But, that's like the chlamydia of offenses. No, totally. Slap on the wrist. And, and that's what I said. I was like, it's unfortunately very common, you know, but. Um, it's almost a rite of passage, I feel. I know. But I do. I, I feel like it's okay to be honest with our kids. No, I, I do as well. But I'm sure there are people out there listening that are like, well, I had my struggles and those are exactly that my struggles my kids don't need to be involved and we are very much the opposite of that i am going to explain to you again you know frankie doesn't need to know about all of my misgivings and my shortcomings and things like that that's essentially why she was created to remind me of all of those but i think it's important to say or to let your children know that there are pitfalls there are things to be looking out for concerned with there and, are consequences to your actions and just like my mom who had cancer that's going to go through genetic testing right she's going through genetic testing to see if there's anything genetically that puts us at a higher risk now we already know we're at a higher risk right i had the colonoscopy i had the polyps all this da, na, 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 na. Sure. but she's going to go through the whole thing to see you know 
is there a risk of passing this on to my kids, right? So what's the difference in us saying, I'm an alcoholic. That puts you at risk of being an alcoholic. Oh. You I, know what I mean? I feel as though the word taboo comes to mind. I don't know. It's I, okay if you pass breast cancer down to your children, but God forbid you talk about alcoholism and addiction. Yeah, I mean, God knows I don't want to. I pray every day that my kids don't get this gene. No, sure, same. You know, but I, I do. I, I tell, I mean, Mac all the time. It, not all the time. It's not like I'm like, good morning, by the way. You know you could be an alcoholic someday. <laughs> good morning, my future alcoholic. Here's things to look out for. But no. Did you pack your lunch? I also am very honest with him. He's like, oh, I wouldn't drink. And I'm like, you will drink, though. Yeah, I said that too, you know, when I was a senior in high school or junior in high school and within a year, things unraveled rather quickly. Exactly. You know, so I just, I don't know, but how do you help your loved one? That's what we keep getting off from. Oh, shit. I know. I, I do. I think that you be honest with them. I think you tell them you know what's going on. You're there for them to help them in any way, but you set firm boundaries. And I don't think there's anything wrong with doing that and doing it early. And I know this is probably going to sound insane, but try not to be accusatory. Okay. No? No, I mean, I agree. Because I think that once you start, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, I think it just sort of heats up the conversation. It becomes very counterproductive. Oh, no, I agree with that. I don't think you need to, like, do a laundry list of their offenses. No. But I think it's okay to say, hey, I noticed you're drinking too much. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about it? How can I help? I actually know how to help you personally. So, you know what I mean? Ooh. I think that's okay. And if you're someone that doesn't know how to help them, that's okay, too. Because there's things like this show. There's things like Al-Anon. There's all these different resources out there mm-hmm. to prepare you to help your loved ones. I agree. In Absolutely. the best way possible. Shameless plug. If uh, you know you some you know somebody that's struggling, please shoot us an email. Absolutely. So I married an alcoholic at gmail.com. You can find us uh, on any of the social media platforms at So I Married an Alcoholic. And with that, I need to go get my pheasant pot pie. Okay. And think about Aaron. Enjoy, honey. Say goodnight, my love. Good night. I'm Megan, and I'm an alcoholic. I'm Chris. I'm an alcoholic. Cut off your pet's privates. And please, if you are struggling in any way, put your hand up, reach out, ask for help. So I Married an Alcoholic is sponsored by RealtorAndABaby.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease real estate? Even if you're not in greater Philadelphia, reach out with your contact information so you can be connected with the most qualified realtor in your area. RealtorAndABaby at gmail.com.